This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Naked Bed, a sensual sheet designed to help you let go more during your intimate experiences and enjoy all of God's incredible gift of sex in marriage. A luxurious fabric that rests right on top of your sheets, Naked Bed protects your linens from massage oil and other elements, giving you unlimited freedom without distraction. Think of it as lingerie for your bed. Playful, spontaneous, lavish, exotic. Experiences can happen anytime, anywhere, with no muss and no fuss. Explore deeper intimacy and embrace peace of mind that Naked Bed brings. Go to sensualbedding.com, enter the word sexy at checkout to receive a free bottle of massage oil with your purchase. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, this is Dr. Corey Allen, Shannon Etheridge, having once again just the honest, straightforward, fun, anything goes almost kind of conversations <laughs> that we tend to have here on this show. Uh, if you're new to the Sexy Marriage Radio community, thanks for finding us. Where have you been all our lives? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's also, we love it when people come find us and speak up and ask us questions and say what's on their mind or topics that they want addressed. And so you can do this in two ways. You can give us a call, 214-702-9565. Or as always, Shannon, there is feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Of course. And so it's one of those things we just love uh, our, our listeners because they truly are the sexiest listeners on the face of the planet. And they rock in every way, shape and form. And we just hope that uh, what we're offering up to you really does benefit you and really does help your marriage relationship and sex because married sex is the absolute best sex going on in the face of the world. And with that, um, we're heading into a couple of different mindsets, aspects of how we might approach this. That's just kind of an interesting, I got to add a little segue though, Shannon, Uh because in last week's show, we talked about... We need to do a show on high desire, or lower desire. And we say, let's do that next week. And I'm saying, no, we're not doing it next week. Now that next week is here, we're going to do this show. <laughs> well, well, that actually brings to mind when you were talking about the feedback emails that we get. I love the fact that we hear from both higher desire and lower desire partners. Yes, we do. Yeah, I think that there's probably a mentality that only high desire people listen to this show and only higher desire people would bother emailing. That is so not true. Absolutely. Yeah, that we hear as often from lower desire partners as we do from the higher desire. And it just gives us such great insight. So I just want to say thanks to everybody who listens and especially to those who do send us emails. Yep, it does. So I'm going to let you kind of run with this one because you're the one that brought this to me. On, yep. on this different kind of, I'm not even sure how you, how do we frame it? Is it? Well, mindsets? I was going to say, I, I've had a concept for this show rolling around in my head uh, for several weeks now. It's been percolating and I'm realizing the more that I talk with couples and work with clients that this is often a mentality that's present that they are not even aware of. Okay. And so I, I want to start with the one that I perceive as most prevalent and that's the poverty mentality. Okay, and we let, real quick though, because we're talking about a mentality of how you view or approach your sex life. Is that? Am I yes. framing it right? Okay. Yes. Yes, I, I would say that that's accurate. Okay. So how this comes up so often is 
a couple will often tell me that they had a really great sexual experience and then either he or she, this does not follow a stereotypical, you Correct. know, it's always the guy wanting it and always the woman saying no. Correct. Um, that he or she will often want a second sexual experience within a short span of time. Okay. Or maybe even a third. Okay. And that there's this mentality that, hey, the spigot's on. So while it's on, I'm going to fill my bucket to overflowing, and then I'm going to grab another bucket, and then I'm going to grab another bucket, and I'm going to be like a camel that stores up water in their hump Okay. because I don't know how long it's going to be before I get sex again. So it's kind of like striking while the iron's hot, that same kind of mindset? Yeah, yeah. And, and so before we look at the poverty mindset, let's just talk for a second about what this could potentially make the partner feel like. Okay. Okay. I mean, in a perfect world, any client of mine would feel as if this is the biggest compliment that my spouse wants a right. repeat, right? Wants uh, yeah, an they, encore. They want more yeah. of me, as you've been f- fond of saying. Yes. Exactly. Like when you're at a concert and everybody is getting out their cell phones, or in the olden days, like we used to attend concerts, it was flick your bick, you know. Yeah. When people were flicking their cigarette lighters, it was encore. We want more. We want more. And it was a compliment to the entertainer. Right. And I so wish that every spouse could see it as a compliment when they're approached a second time. Okay. But the way that you talk about, Corey, that when you approach your partner from a solid place and out of a sense of fullness, you're going to get a more positive response because confidence is sexy. Okay. I think that there's something missing with this poverty mentality in that they don't approach their partner out of fullness. They approach them with that empty bucket if they're and com- the partner right. picks up on it. Right. Absolutely. So you're talking about, this is the person that is wanting multiple sessions that yes. if they are, have an air of desperation or an air of, I mean, like you just alluded to emptiness of, wow, I better get this while I can because who knows when my next shot is going to be that there's an air of emptiness. That's, that's not coming out of fullness. And I want to give an experience and follow this connection and, and build something great. This is, I want to take, I want to suck you dry of everything while you're open for business. Yes, that's exactly it. And let me just give a caveat right here. I want to make sure that people don't misunderstand what we're saying. Okay. Multiple sexual encounters within a short period of time, we are not bashing that. No, <laughs> no. If, if, I mean, I, in my opinion, as long as you got breath in your lungs and you're feeling it, then go for it. Right. Knock yourself out. Right. There's no limit to how much pleasure the marriage bed is designed to contain. So right. as long as you're both up for it, more power to you. But the problem is, is when the other spouse feels put upon. Okay. And they hear it as you're not enough for me. Okay. I need more from you. I sometimes hear people say, if I give my spouse an inch, they'll want a mile. Yep. And so they hold on to the inches. Yep. And, and I think that that kind of creates the poverty mentality. That, so, you know, you talk about co-created relationships all the time. Can you see how the partner who doesn't want to give in a little for fear that they're going to be, or that a lot is going to be expected right then it can create this poverty mentality in the partner's mind of, Hey, well, if, if you're, if you're feeling frisky, then I better, 
I better get all the loving that I can from you right now because it may not happen for a while. And so this whole thing even plays out in uh, the interplay between us that is just foreplay, wouldn't it? That it's that whole idea of I could be feeling frisky, but if I'm coming at this from I don't want to lead you on because it's never enough. So therefore, I reserve and don't do something that could spark a flame or I mean, I, I can see how that plays out a whole lot in almost everyday interactions we can have as spouses. Exactly. It's like, they're so afraid of putting any gasoline yeah. on any fire that they just don't send hang any up the signal. nozzle and make sure no gasoline is flowing. <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't send any signal. And then if you're talking about the co-created side of this, this fits into what we talked about last week with the want versus need that I could be coming at this from a need perspective, which can be pushing it away and sending the signal of, I do want more from you. And it's not because I want more from you. It's because I need it for me. Right. Versus I think you're so awesome. I can't get enough of you and you can't fault me for that. That's a compliment. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, so that's an interesting thought process just to look at it because it does play out on the co-created aspect with both sides that we, we maybe set the stage by just the way we come at it and the way we live our life. And I would say this isn't just a one-time occurrence. This is probably over the life of our sexual interludes and experiences with the, with somebody. that They're mapping us and reading us and know, okay, this is just to boost you versus this is something really sharing and giving. Right, right. Interesting. And so the, the couple that I've worked with most often – has, have shared some really great insights and they are listeners to the show and have given us full permission to unpack just the, okay. the, the perception of it because the insight has just been amazing for me. But the thing that stands out in my conversations with them the most is I had asked if the husband comes from a family where a poverty mentality is, is kind of a thread running through the generations. Right. And she said, Oh my heavens. Yes, <laughs> of course. That when they go out to dinner with um, his parents, that his mom will actually fill her purse with ketchup packets and the little jelly containers. And, and like, they have plenty of money. Right. It's not that they need ketchup at home. Right. There's just this mentality of, it's free, so yep. why wouldn't we take it? Yep. <laughs> Which sure. Kinda, I have to tell a funny story. My mom was out to dinner with some friends one time and the that one of the husbands of her friend just kept going on and on about how this restaurant is about to go out of business because they cannot keep their condiments stocked because people keep stealing them and he just kept going on and on and my mother was like what is the deal right the next morning she reached into her purse to write a check for the offering and she thought what is all this in my purse? It was stuff full of crackers and salt and pepper and sugar packets <laughs> so it was a joke on her right but you get the idea yeah, of right. there is that mentality of as long as I can have access to it, I'm going to get access to it. I'm going to take far more than I need. And it's going to, it, ultimately it leaves the spouse feeling the same way as a restaurant would, you know, yeah. they do have to pay for those condiments, yes, even though do. the, the, the um, consumer gets them for free. And so, yeah, for them to start feeling depleted. And I asked this wife, is that what you feel like when he wants to fill his bucket again and again and again in a short period in a short period of time and she said absolutely i feel as if it's costing me more than i want to okay invest sure that it discourages her from even starting 
uh, a sexual encounter because she worries that it's going to lead into some sort of binge right. type thing for him. Right. Now it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. That you can't ever leave and you have to always be open. <laughs> exactly. And that the restaurant's going to lose money yep. on some people at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Okay. And it also reminded me about um, the counselor that I worked with for a long time. She told me the story one time about a little boy that she worked with that in his earliest years, he was raised by a homeless mother and they would dumpster dive for, sure. for sustenance. Yep. I mean, they had to, or, yep. or at most somebody might give them a couple dollars and maybe they could go into a convenience store and buy a bag of chips or something like right. that. You can imagine what kind of sustenance they had. Right. Well, years later, he had been adopted by this very wealthy family and he got three abundant meals a day and snacks in between, but yet they would find him getting up in the middle of the night and stealing food from the pantry right. and hiding it under his bed. Just making sure he's got it. Yeah, that, that there is that that feeling of, I don't want to do without, right. so I better stock up. So translate that to a sex life yeah. and what that does to both couples or to both members of the couple. So how is this kind of the same framework? Because what I'm hearing in my mind, Shannon, is it's an abundance versus a scarcity model. Yes, that, there, I think there's a viewpoint of how we approach life that fits within those categories, right? That we can either come at it that this world is an abundant place, that I can get my needs met, that it's, you know, I have all kinds of opportunities for just whatever it is, whatever I'm looking for, there's, there's plenty of it versus the scarcity, which is that mindset of it's either rare. And so if I find it, I better take it all in that I can kind of like who moved my cheese. You know, there's a, one of the characters yeah. in that of he hoards it all just to make sure it's all safe. Or there's a little bit of that mindset of if I take it from someplace, then that means someone else is losing out. And so therefore I got to have this equitable feeling about stuff. And, and it just can run us crazy in our mind of, of what we think of things. Right. And I do think that it, it creates that feeling of depletion in your own spirit. And then you're projecting, not projecting it on, but you're, you're, you're creating the same thing in your spouse. Now you both feel depleted. Right. And now it's like that two ticks and no dog thing of, you know, <laughs> such a great metaphor. Such a <laughs> I great one for that. So are you saying then, um, one of the signals, if, if somebody's hearing this part of the conversation and they're thinking, I wonder what my role is. I wonder how I, because I would think maybe we've got a predominant on, we, we, we might tip the scale towards this poverty mindset or a scarcity model or however you want to frame it, or one of the others that we're going to soon discuss in just a few seconds for the show. Um, that if I, if I'm recognizing, wait, that could be in me, then maybe I also need to be looking at, okay, do I hoard condiments? When I go to a place, because if I'm with my spouse and they're seeing that, that's a signal of, huh, I wonder if I'm, because I would think that I'm going to conduct my life kind of uniformly, that if I have a poverty mindset when it comes to my sex life, I probably have it in other areas too. Mm, yeah. And I think that it might be good to look at what is the maximum time limit that you and I, or not you and I, but, but <laughs> husband and a wife. Right establish as at that point is when we can look at each other and say, I'm hungry. I, I want some of your time and attention. Okay. And, and it needs to be a reasonable time frame, and, and it's according to what stage, what age you are and what stage of life that you're in. I would think that uh, 
you know, two days is too quick to start panicking. Like I was talking with a couple right. recently who was so upset that she turned him down 48 hours after she had just had sex with him. She just right. hadn't had time to work up an appetite yet. And it's like, don't panic, pal. You know, right. she hasn't gone anywhere. Right. So two days is is not long enough, but maybe two weeks or maybe for some couples a week or maybe for another couple a month. Okay. But mutually agree that when we get to this time frame, we need to start having some conversations about is anything bothering you or how can we reconnect? Because I want to believe that I'm going to have access to that playground, right? Uh, you know, every you know, okay. every so, few days or every week or so whatever. So let me ask you this then: I, I like the idea of okay, let's at least could kind of set some framework or some parameters of hey, this is just so we're kind of on the same page that we're both looking at this uh, through the same lens and have mutual agreed goals. But what about the person that wants the buffet quicker? Um, and that when it comes to that time frame, I would I would almost hear there's pressure on them to make sure if you know what I want a second helping sooner than agreed upon or sooner than I'm reading she or he might be ready. How do I make sure I'm still going after that second helping, not st- not as a starving being, right? Because that's in that kind of what the signals we could send of, hey, let's go again. I I need more because I need another notch. <laughs> on right. my belt or I'm not quite feeling great about something, you know, cause it, I think of it as that's where the co-created part of this that you're alluding to, I think comes so powerful. Right. I think that maybe even having a conversation where, okay, you know what, honey, we have a weekend where the kids can go to grandma's and we don't have any, you know, plans that are going to be distracting. How about if we just carve out this time to binge watch Netflix and maybe binge sex, is part of the plan. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it's okay to plan for a feast. It's okay. kind of like when we're when we're dieting and we're parsing out every meal, but then we plan for the cheat day yep. or the cheat meal. Yep. You know, it, I, I think that maybe communicating that in advance could help okay. both partners mentally sure. prepare for that. Sure, I, I like that because I, I think it gives an idea that we both are a part of this, and I might be doing things that harm what I'm wanting or what I'm looking for. Cause even what I think of, this is something I just heard of from, from somebody that I love that, uh, he finds himself getting caught up in after sexual encounters. He does too much post game analysis <laughs> with, with his wife of, cause he, he's always thinking, how can we do this better? You know? And, th- and so you then get into that mindset of what we're doing is not enough. Mm. How could I, I, I do how this? How could I do that? that? Way. Absolutely. And he, even he himself is recognizing, yeah, that's almost setting up the stage for not helping things work later in the future because I'm oh. always going to, what could I do better rather than how do I just enjoy what we're doing as well? Yeah. Whereas I can see though that the flip side of that is, but let's coach ourselves to better performance and to, <laughs> you know, to maximize fulfillment and energy and pleasure and, Right. So I guess some spouses could appreciate that and others wouldn't. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there's some of us that are probably like, you know, hey, let's go to the tape and let's break it down and let's do some play by play and we'll do slow motions. And I could have done that, you know, and because some of the guys, some of us are just going to be that way of like, OK, right. wait, we're well, that's just how we do life of we Monday morning quarterback everything. <laughs> and so sex would be no different. But it's, I think it's recognizing what's the signal that sends is the main thing we're talking about here is right. I got to be aware 
that just because my partner might be the one that has control over when the buffet is open or closed, or even if it exists, that I can still have that element of if I'm standing up and camping out and <laughs> just waiting nonstop, well, I'm setting up a signal that I'm not, that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Exactly. Okay. So exactly. What are the other ones? Let's. Okay. So the next one is the entitlement mentality. Okay. Okay. So this was a um, different couple. She got really emotionally triggered and she couldn't figure out why. So we unpacked it and, and I can totally understand the dynamic in her head. He had brought home his paycheck and had cashed out a certain amount and was, they were doing the Dave Ramsey, you know, okay. envelope system. And so he's kind of fanning the cash around <laughs> and being a little too demonstrative oh, no. about what a good provider he is. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. And she is a stay at home mom. And, you know, I just have to give a shout out to all the stay at home parents. Right. There, I know a lot of stay at home dads these days. Right. It is the hardest job you'll ever do. It's 24 seven and you don't get a paycheck and you don't get the kudos and the promotions and all that stuff. And so here the breadwinner comes in with all this bread and the insinuation was, aren't I such a good provider? Don't you think you owe me some sex? Okay. Ooh, how do you think that Hindenburg yeah, went over? <laughs> that's not good foreplay. Yeah. So the, the expectation that you owe me right. is never good for play at all. Right. Not an aphrodisiac in the least. And so for anyone who feels entitled to sex, I would say, look at where that feeling is coming from. Right. Because when you start requiring rather than inspiring right. sexual intimacy, you're dooming the relationship. Right. I think that on a broader scale, that the same thing then fits with the idea of, well, you're my spouse, so therefore I'm entitled to this. I'm owed this. I'm due this because you said I do. And that can, that can wreak havoc. It can. And I have to say that there's a difference between an aerial view of that mentality sure. and a microscopic view sure. of that mentality. Sure. And I think from an aerial perspective – that spouse is absolutely right that marriage is the only place right. that you can get That's, that itch scratched yep. and your spouse did sign on for that. That's the natural pressure that comes with that relationship that's, that's inexistent and separates it from everything else. I got you. Exactly. When I hear people say, why can't, you know, why do, why does sex have to even be involved? We've already had all of our kids. I don't feel the need for it. I could live the rest of my life without it. And it's like, that is not what, that is not the contract that you signed. Right. That, that is not a biblical marriage. Was in, those were the exact words of a recent emailer right. at, at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com of, of this isn't a biblical marriage if you refuse to ever have sex. So from an aerial view, okay. it, but I don't know that that's entitlement or if that's just, we had a, what is that you call it? An overt collusion or well, it's 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 one of those that we Over had an we had an agreement that that's part of what this thing is going into it, but I still think there might be undercurrents, just like how the deprivation or the poverty mindset, you know, I could be sending signals of it subtly, if I have too much of this overt look, you know, you owe me because you said I do, and just expect it that I'm entitled to it without 
any kind of effort. You know, that's that concept of, hey, I already got them, so I don't have to work to keep them. And it's like, well, if I go too far, eeks, that's when we get this entitlement where it's like I'm waving around money saying, look at what I do, so are you turned on now? You know, which, <laughs> no, that's not going to work most likely. But, but it's seeing it as I think that's kind of a natural pressure built in that it's at least worth recognizing, okay, I can't avoid this pressure. So how do I use it as best and not come across to the extreme that, you, that we're talking about? Right. Good. And so aerial view, yes, you can expect that marriage should contain healthy amounts right. of sex and healthy amounts is defined by each couple. Right. And that's defined by each partner in the couple, but the microscopic expectation or the microscopic entitlement right. of you Problems. owe me sex now. Yeah. That's a very different story. And like with this couple that I had alluded to earlier about how it was, it was 48 hours later. Right. And he took it so personally that she was just tired. Right. And and she's the breadwinner. So she'd been traveling all week and she just wanted to sleep in. It was strictly a matter of, I want to sleep this Saturday morning. Please don't wake me up wanting sex again. <laughs> it was only 48 hours ago. Right. And yet he's taking it so, so personally that now he wants to dredge up everything from their past as evidence that maybe it's just time for divorce. And she just said to him, if that's what you feel the need for so quickly, then I will not. Yeah. Not, I will not, not bar the door. Who's stopping you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. But then he had to face his own insecurities of why is this a hill I'm willing to die on when this is a molehill? Exactly. I saw, saw a meme recently with a little baby. Uh, is this really a molehill you're willing to die on? Yep. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. It is. So that's all I got for the entitlement yeah, mentality. I like it because I think it just helps frame, how, am I owed something without any work, without any effort, without any of my own self-fulfilling prophecy within it? Of Because if I come at it with a mindset of you owe me, well, then I sit back and I don't take care of what I need to that might be inviting it. That, you know, that's how, then I can't answer my questions that I asked myself and have mentioned to the audience several times of what I want to have sex with me. I can't answer it that well because mm. it's like, Ooh, wait, I'm just kind of lazy when it comes to bringing it into my life because maybe mm. I'm coming at it entitled. I like it. What's the last one? Okay. The last one is the martyr mentality. All right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've heard a lot of women at Women at the Well workshops go down this path without even recognizing how martyr-ish it sounds. Okay. But the concept of, well, it's my marital duty. Yes. So I have to suffer through it. And, um, well, good girls don't, but maybe once a week, lights off, him on top, but no frills because right. that would make me a bad girl and I'm not a bad girl. Right. So don't expect me to wear anything sexy. Don't expect the lights to be on. Don't expect me to be on top. No swinging from the chandeliers. No feathers. No props. No right, fantasy. No right. nothing, nothing, nothing. And it's like, mm, how fun are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that sets up the scenario of in the short term, because I'm thinking of this from the other perspective of um, the other side of the equation that it, you know, in the short term, how do you not, I mean, you, you, you have to wrestle with the fact that, okay, Hey, it is sex. So do I stop? You know, cause that's the scary part. Cause it's something I, the higher desire wants in their life. But the longer term would be, um, 
how do you not confront that without the huge risk that's associated with it of, you know what? Um, I don't need a martyr for this part of my life. This is, this is not fun. That's the dead fish kind of a mindset. That's just a receptacle. That's just a, an object. That's a, you know, and if that's the long-term thing, then that's scary for both sides. Right, right. And you've said it many times before that men would rather have no sex at all than to have mercy sex. It eventually gets to that point. Absolutely. It really does. Right. I actually remember a girl telling me that on her wedding or the day before her wedding, her mother sat her down and she was already out of college. It's like, I can't believe she waited that long to have the talk. But her her explanation was, honey, now tomorrow night, your wedding night, your husband's going to want to do certain things and just go ahead and give in because it's better than being homeless. (laughs) That is the worst sex talk I've ever heard in my entire life. But you can imagine how it imprinted this girl's brain. Sex is not supposed to be something that I want. It's not supposed to be like a a form of excitement or passion or connection that it's just something that I have to suffer through for survival. And that's what's interesting is because that's mom's message that she's sending that she's carrying. Exactly. So therefore I want my daughter to go down the route I go. Exactly. Which is really sad when that's the best baton that we can pass to the next generation. Well, yeah, I don't, I think we got to take the word best out of it because that's a crappy one. (laughs) (laughs) True that. True that. So if there are women listening to this and realizing that, you know what, I've probably had more of a martyr mentality than I've realized. And let me tell you what I think is is the litmus test for martyr mentality. Are you always approaching sex for, well, if I must, or this is just something I do for you. I don't get that much out of it. Right. That is a martyr mentality because the way that God designed the female body Oh, no, no, no. Women should be experiencing twice as much pleasure out of sex than men. Right. Because of how their body is wired and read Sexually Confident Wife if you want to understand more about that. But are, are you looking at sexuality from the standpoint of I have something to gain from this. Right. Therefore, I'm going to go for it. This is something or are you for looking- me also. Yep. Exactly. Or are you just looking that it's he's wanting to take something free from you, but you you don't really get that much out of it. Right. If you don't get that much out of it, either you have a martyr mentality or he's not doing something right and you're not getting a payoff. So or both. Or both. Yes, that's <laughs> so. very possible. So I really want to encourage ladies to consider attending a women at the well workshop to unpack whatever mm-hmm. mentality they may have going on in their mind. And these are only three examples of a plethora of different yes. mentalities that could be infecting we could do, your marriage. We could go bed. for a while on this, I would think. Oh, oh yeah. And so April 29th through May 2nd is the next workshop coming up. And that one's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then beyond that, June 18th through the 21st in Tyler, Texas is the next one. And Corey, uh, I love how we've structured the dates to coincide that if women want to invest an entire week in creating a more vibrant Mm -hmm. sex life within their marriage, they can come to Women at the Well the 18th through the 21st. And then we will drive them from Tyler, Texas to Dallas, Texas to meet up with their husbands at the getaway. Awesome. uh, June 21st through the 24th. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's not coincidence. There you go. <laughs> Those are good um, because I think it's worth recognizing what's my own role. How do I view? Because that's the th- I think Sexy Marriage Radio has always had this mindset of 
how we view what goes on changes what we do. And if I'll challenge that, I can now be empowered to look at what am I doing going forward? Where am I at my best? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to shift? Where do I need to change? Where do I need to confront who I am, what I do, how I signals, whatever. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Corey, I know that we have gone a full 30 minutes already at this point, but I'm going to ask, can we let the show go a little bit longer today? Oh, yes. Because I have another mentality that has been rolling around in my mind that I just want to share with our listeners. Go. Okay. has nothing to do with sexuality necessarily. But, you know, when I came back from my sabbatical a few weeks ago, I was just bursting with energy to get back into the ministry ring because this is what I love doing. And I have had a mentality of the show must go on. The show must go on. However, I have to be honest that with the various components of ministry that I do, one being Women at the Well that I've been so passionate about for many, many years, the other being the Blast Mentorship Program where I coach aspiring writers and speakers Mm -hmm. online, I have to say that I have had an abundance of energy in those two directions. As much as I love what we do, with Sexy Marriage Radio, I ha- I can't help but notice that I don't have as much energy in this direction as I once did, and I have to pay attention to that energy flow is what I'm learning, that if you want to mm-hmm. be following the Holy Spirit, you go where the energy is, Right. and that I've really been asking myself, where is the energy? Where did it go? And, uh, and I'm glad that I've even been able to pinpoint the fact that I've had that I've been feeling that simply because I think for the past two years with all of the separation and the divorce and my dad's death and all the other losses that I've suffered, I had had to numb myself to cope with the pain. So the fact that I'm beginning to feel feelings again is very much on my radar. It's a good thing. So, So I've been asking, you know, what do I do with, with this? And I've been praying about it and I've realized that I think that the show must go on but I think that it needs to go on with a married co-host for you because even though you have been so great to come alongside me and believe wholeheartedly that divorce does not disqualify one right. from ministry or teaching or coaching or whatever. And, and I, I really just want to affirm everybody out there who's ever gone through a divorce. You know, you're not disqualified. And this is, this is not the reason for me feeling the need to step back. It's because a single woman or a divorced woman talking about sexuality on a show for married couples, I think it's a distraction okay. because here we are over a year after right. we made the announcement and we still get the question so often, what was the reason behind right. your divorce? I'm, I'm curious. I, I got to know more. All that kind of stuff still comes up. Yep. Yeah. And I so wish that I could explain it to everybody because those that I have felt the freedom to explain it to, it's like they they yes. get it and they're so respectful of the decision. But it's not something that I can publicize out of respect for my husband and my children. And I will not go there. I cannot go there. Well, if I can't go there and it's going to remain a distraction, I owe it to our listeners right. to just step aside right. and let someone else fill the role that there isn't that distraction that waters down right. what they're saying or that clouds, you know, what the listener hears. So, you know, my greatest desire is to re- is to be remarried someday, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put any professional pressure on my personal <laughs> life. Um, I'm going to continue doing my coaching. I'm going to continue doing my workshops. I'm going to continue doing my mentorship program, but this one component I'm going to relinquish to another capable person that I have no doubt that you will 
find Corey because you you were just so easy to work with. And I am just going to embrace the season of life that I'm in and focus my energies in the direction where energy is flowing most right. actively. Right. So I'm going to hang in there for a couple more weeks, though, however long you need me. Yeah. And that's that's where, uh, you know, we've we've been through this before as far as the sexy marriage radio community of, of transitions and changes and things that happen and new iterations of stuff. And Shannon, I have to say heart to heart, uh, you are hard to replace. Um, <laughs> you, you have done amazing things for the community and for me and for the message and the challenge and the growth. And I mean, everything. So you are integral to this thing. So don't, don't discount the importance that you have, uh, to me and to Pam and then also to the community for sure. So, Thank you. Um, this yeah. is not goodbye forever by any stretch. Absolutely. Of the Absolutely. And Just that's where paying attention to yeah. the energy flow. And that's, and that's where, as far as sexy marriage radio is concerned, um, I'm, I'd love this show. I love doing this. And so the shows are going to keep going. Uh, the getaway is going to still happen. The Academy still is in existence. Uh, Shannon will come around, um, for some of the different ideas I've got, uh, and some fill in roles, um, on a, on a smaller capacity, obviously than a weekly. So, but the show's going to keep going. And, uh, all I have to ask and say to the audience is, um, just, uh, trust the, trust the ship. It's going to keep going. Um, absolutely. Because you're an amazing captain, Corey Allen. Thank you. And And I have no doubt you're going to continue navigating this well, as you always have. And God has been faithful in the past and I have no reason to, to doubt that will change. So, um, I have to say, uh, that to our listeners, um, I would love to hear from you guys, um, Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and even voicemails, um, 214-702-9565, of just uh, good wishes and what, what the impact Shannon has had, because um, uh, this is something I know we've, we've done with our listeners. You know, this is something we obviously pilot this thing, but it's a collaborative thing. And, and so one person transitioning out is, is a huge shift, but it's one that, all right, we want to honor that and... And make sure that it's it's all respectful, and we have a long going, a long standing re- relationship that continues forward, which I know it will. And so, mm-hmm. um, with, the show will go on. Absolutely, it will. And so, um, we'll we'll be we'll be together a couple more weeks. Is is the plan at this point? And then there'll be a transition, and then we'll see what happens with uh, Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0. That there's there there's some good things in the works already, but. I don't have all the details anywhere close to being resolved or figured out. So, well, Shannon, um, thank you. Even though this is not goodbye, obviously, no, because we're still we'll still meet again uh, for a couple more shows. But uh, this is something we need to let people know as quick as we could, and then uh, begin that process and changing. So, if if we've got something that we missed uh, from this episode, or something that, that's spurred, or you got questions, uh, you know how to get us. Uh, I've already mentioned it several times, so please uh, let us know what you think. We want we want to be involved and help where we can. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us. And we'll see you next yep, we time. We love you for listening.